Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. So welcome. If you are here for the first time, thanks for joining us. We are at episode four. So you They're have- going fast and we barely started all at the same time. That's right. So you still have time to be like in the beginning stages of this podcast. But we have been having so much fun as we have dove into not just our podcast, but Refinest Ministries full time. Just exciting things in store for you. Yeah, we have obviously rolled out this podcast just a few weeks ago, and we're in the beginning stages of that. But our really our mission is to restore hope and renew relationships, and we are constantly trying to come up with creative and effective ways of doing that. And I'm excited about something that we're going to be rolling out in November for the very first time. We're going to be doing this live monthly coaching evenings. So we're going to do some marriage mentoring over Zoom, live, and the best part, Trish, absolutely free. It is free. And anytime you say live and the Davises, <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get. So we would love to invite you to that. More details at the end of the podcast. If you had the opportunity to listen to episode number two on the podcast, we had our dear friend Jeff Henderson on, and he's such a good dude. Um, he's just one of those people, once you have been in his presence, you just feel like you've had your face encouraged off like, <laughs> in just the best way. Like you can run through a brick wall. And in that conversation, after listening to it again recently, it sparked a new conversation between you and I yeah. of just this reality of how do you fight through seasons of unwanted change, like storms of life that just come at you and you're like, gosh, I did not see that coming. I think part of the reason why we've been having this conversation just between you and I mm -hmm. is because of this time of year, every fall, we kind of take some time to reflect. Um, we released this podcast on October the 11th, 2022. And October 9th, 2005 was kind of this watershed defining moment for our life in a way that I guess for you personally was a storm that you didn't see coming, that mm -hmm. you had no choice in the matter. It's the date of our separation. Uh, October 9th, 2005 is the day I came home and told Trish that I wanted out of our marriage uh, and that I was having an affair. And that sparked a season of a two and a half month separation in our relationship. And so we always look back on 2005 and we always look back on October 9th. And obviously, you know, 17 years later, it's not fresh but it's not forgotten because what reflecting back on that helps us do is it helps us see God's movement in our life and see how God brought us through that storm so that we can then um, interact with him in new and fresh ways because storms continue to come. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so what we want to do in this episode is we really want to talk to you about how we've navigated some unwanted and unforeseen storms in our life and how we hope to help encourage you in whatever storm that you might be in your life right now or a future storm that you may not see coming in the, you know, down the road. Yeah. And I think if you are in a season of just feeling like you are being uh, tossed and turned by just a hard season of life, there's this feeling of helplessness, mm. maybe even hopelessness, which sounds, you know, really sad, but it's, it's the truth. I mean, that's yeah. why we call this the let's get real podcast, because sometimes we just have to speak it out of like, yeah, this is a really hard time in my life. And I feel like I'm powerless in it. And that season for Justin and I of separation was the first time it, it was a mile marker for me 
that I realize that no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we are never hopeless and we are never powerless. We always have a choice. Mm. And the choice is to wither. And I think oftentimes we choose to just wither and stop trying when we feel like we're losing hope because it feels safe. Like if I just give up and not have to deal with this and pretend the storm's not happening, it, it feels safe. But in the long term, you just find yourself in that season longer than you really needed to be in. Yeah, I mean, that's so that's so good. And I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think that season of separation, it was like this big typhoon because we didn't address some smaller thunderstorms that had occurred earlier in our marriage. Yeah. And so it became this overwhelming, obviously nothing deserved, no, no spouse deserves what the choice that I made and the choice, you know, to be unfaithful is never deserved by any spouse. But one of the things that our counselor did tell us in that season is the, the affair was a symptom of much deeper issues. And so it was this opportunity for us to look and say, okay, what are some things that we can choose to um, allow God to transform in our life, in our marriage, uh, in our relationship so that we don't have to endure this storm again and that will equip us to be stronger when other storms come. And so there is a second choice. We, we have the first choice to either wither mm-hmm. or we have the choice to grow. Yeah. And that was the choice that you and I made individually to grow in our, our faith with God and to grow um, just in health as individuals before we could even figure out how to heal our marriage. And I think for many of us, our storms, even if they're not marriage related in it, we, we feel paralyzed. So it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to wither in all of this. But that's what we want to talk about today is like, we have a choice to grow no, no matter the storm that we find ourselves in. And Justin and I, we went on vacation a couple of I guess it was like a year ago. Was that one? Fall break last year, yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Feels it, like five years ago. It does. And Justin decided to rent a boat. Now, we are in Florida on the Atlantic side. We're in the Florida Keys. We're in the Florida Keys. And my husband, is, is he doesn't have a boat. And he's not driven a boat a lot. So, like, when we got on this boat, it I thought it felt like more like a ship. He said it was like a fishing vessel. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was not a fishing vessel. I don't fish. It was more like a ski boat. But I want I want you guys to know something. I want you guys to know something. This was a big step for me. This boat was 400 bucks for the day. <laughs> okay? And that's a splurge for me because I'm the type of guy and you're going to somebody's going to relate to this or you 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 know somebody's like that's like this. I am gung-ho about vacation and then I'm resentful of all the money we spend on vacation. <laughs> I'm just getting real right That's now. That's going to be an episode number 19 or something. Exactly. We talk about finances. And, and, so, and so for me to want to rent a boat is like way outside of my comfort zone financially. Yes. And and Trisha is way outside of her comfort zone um, health-wise. <laughs> I mean, it was sunny skies. It was beautiful. The, the ocean was like this glorious, glorious blue. They but, had like a seven minute video to show you how to operate the boat. I thought that was sufficient. But you were on your phone. So like I'm watching <laughs> it and I'm not even driving it. And so I am responding on this boat as if this 
huge storm is coming in and it is sunny skies. And I'll tell you, it did not help that when we left the cove to go into open waters, we looked to our right and there was a boat that caught fire the day before, exploded, and the ship was halfway sunk. <laughs> it was like just thought that was like a an, an, foreshadowing yes. of our future so we get out in open seas and my son isaiah and my daughter janiah they got their sunglasses on they are living their best life and i am in the corner like completely panicked white freaking out i'm like we're gonna die it's just all i kept thinking and i i like did not even know <laughs> that I would respond this way. And so I was living as if a storm was happening and, and the storm wasn't even there. Now, in your defense, babe, if anybody has heard our honeymoon story, you probably were triggered <laughs> by me throwing you off the jet ski our first week married and you just thought that's how it's going down. But I think that that's sometimes kind of an illustration of our life is if we've been through storms before, if you get into a situation that feels familiar, you mm. can be paralyzed. Yeah. Right. And, and you can miss out on the joy of the journey because you're so paralyzed by the situation that you've either come through or that is reminding you of a situation that you came through. And so in that time of, you know, looking back on our separation, was there like a defining moment where you came to a, a crossroads and you said, okay, this is either going to define me in a positive way or I can just stay in the same place I've always been? What, what was that moment? I remember sitting on the couch and we had, you know, been separated just a couple of days and my, our boys were what, how eight, like nine, six and three, six and three. And they, for some reason were sitting at my feet and I was just obviously having a really sad day. And it was just the four of us. I had people with in and out of the house, but this particular moment, my mom wasn't there. It was, it was just me and the boys. And I just melted down and just started sobbing. And I mean, what kid wants to see their mom crying. And I just remember crying out to God saying, I don't deserve this. Mm. Like, and now I feel stuck and I feel paralyzed and I felt like I hadn't done anything wrong. It was that withering moment. Like I just felt like I was going to wither away. And so I opened my Bible and just was like, just kind of told God, okay, you got to show up. Like I literally have nothing left. And what I love about God is he is so kind and he is so gracious that even when we are at our worst, his love has not changed. His love is unwavering. And I opened up to this passage in Hebrews. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12, beginning, I think verse 13. And it just says that for our earthly fathers disciplined us for uh, a few years doing the best that they knew how, that God's discipline is always good and right for us. And I read that passage and I was like, what? Like, why would you have me open to a passage of discipline? Mm. And he was like, keep reading, girlfriend. <laughs> and it said that no discipline is easy. It's mm. painful. But as we lean into that discipline, what we reap is holiness. Wow. It's this beautiful picture of like, you know what? You do have a choice to grow here, but it's going to be hard work. Then the passage goes on and says 
that no discipline is is easy. It, 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 is, it is painful while it's happening, but it's in the midst of leaning into God that it says, take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. And those who follow you, and I remind you, I'm looking at my children, though I may feel weak and lame, I will become strong. Like they will become strong. Like we have the opportunity, no matter where we are in the midst of our storm, if we feel paralyzed, if we feel helpless, that God is saying, listen, lean into me. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But when you do, you get to lean in and glean a harvest of right living. The Bible says a harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And what I realized is that that day defined not just a choice, but a lifestyle Mm. of choosing every day to lean into God, to not allow the storm to define my life, but to allow God to remind me of how he holds me in the midst of the storm. That is so good. And I think one of the things that's been helpful for me as, as you and I have talked about this verse is maybe you're feeling like you're in a storm and you're being disciplined. Like we would discipline a child or like you would get disciplined at school. Maybe changing your perspective on that word and thinking about it as training, mm. right? Cause that's what it says. There'll be a, a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And so God isn't necessarily allowing or even causing a storm in your life to punish you like discipline. It's, that's, that's not the whole point. It's a training regimen, right? It, it's to make you more holy. It's to make you stronger. It, it, and I, I think of, you know, we have a friend right now who's going through cancer. Well, he, he's not, he, God doesn't discipline him like punishing him, right? It's not a, it's not a reflection. It, he can leverage the storm of cancer to bring training to his heart, to transform him into even more of a person that he wants him to be. We got an email from a lady a few days ago whose husband just revealed an affair. Um, we have, I got an email from a pastor um, in Canada who um, his denomination is suing their church for their building, right? It's a storm that he, he's not choosing it. No matter what you're going through, it's not God coming down on you because you're messing up. It's God leveraging whatever storm you're going through to train you so that there can be a quiet harvest of right living. And so that's the backdrop of some of the principles that we want to share with you today in, in this episode. And so Trish, you know, th- thinking not only through that storm, but we, we've got other storms that we're navigating in our life, even in real time right now. For the person that maybe didn't choose the storm that they're in or they're caught off guard or they're in a one unwanted season or a hard season of transition. What's one or two action steps that, that a person could take to just maybe find a lifeline in the midst of their storm? Yeah, I would, I would encourage you to find shelter, to, to find shelter. You know, I think of being on that boat with you and I was like (laughs) jumping off the side of the boat wouldn't have been the wisest thing, you know, that sometimes we're in the midst of the storm. We, we can't get off the boat, but we can still find shelter. You know, I think of Jesus, um, in the gospels, how the storm came and he was sleeping, you know, like he, he was in a sheltered place. And I think we feel like, well, I have nowhere to go. I, I don't know 
how to find shelter. And I think practically what that looks like is make your circle small, Mm. like find the right people um, to encourage you, to hold you up, to acknowledge that you are in the midst of a really hard season. They don't have to fix you. They don't have to have the answers, but there is something powerful about being fully known. Uh, One of the things I loved in Jeff's, um, podcast is he said that he has a like a personal advisory team yeah oh man that's cool right don't we all want that but what's unique about that that title is that there's the expectation of a reciprocal give and receive like he's invited those small group of people into his life to know all the things the good the bad the in-between and at the same time, he's being receptive to listening. You know, that is so wise. As I think about some different storms that we have gone through in our life, um, whether that be the, the loss of a loved one, whether that be uh, the loss of the church, whether that be a, a crisis that one of our kids is going through, I actually can think of the people mm-hmm. that have come around us in each of those situations. And it wasn't a lot of people. It was just a few trusted people, but they provided that shelter. Yes. Sometimes they provided meals, which is good, <laughs> but they, there was that safe covering that you don't, you don't have to tell everybody right. about your problems because that would be creepy and people would avoid you. But having a few small, a, a few people, a close circle to be honest and open with, and invite into that storm is, is really a wise And you thing. may be saying, I don't, I don't have those people. And let's be honest, a lot of us struggle to find even a small group of trusted people, but they are out there. And maybe your first right step is to seek out a counselor. Mm. That's usually a great place to just be able to have a safe place to land, to begin to have this small circle of people. Because Here's the deal. If you're in the midst of the storm and you are inundated with social media or inundated with all these different pockets of people, whether it's your neighborhood friends or maybe friends that you socialize with because of your kids or their soccer team or whatever, it it can uh, allow you to almost pretend that life isn't happening. And that's where we get stuck, where we become paralyzed. So it's not just about having a safety net. It's about having people available to process, to continue to name our wounds and to know that this storm shall pass at some point. I mean, so make your circle small. And then I think the second thing I would encourage you to do is to make your to-do list even smaller, which you're probably listening going, don't we all want to do that? But I think there is power right? And us having the choice to either wither or grow. And we grow when we begin to take ownership of what we allow and give our heart and mind to. And so as you begin to make your to-do list smaller, it allows you to prioritize what's most important and what should always be at the top of your list when you are in the midst of a really difficult season is self-care. And I think self-care can be very confusing. I was just talking with a friend um, at lunch about this um, recently, how self-care becomes confusing because before you can even lean into self-care, you're feeling guilty that you're thinking about it or you're feeling frustrated that you don't have the time for it. 
you you have this emotional side of it. And then there's the other side of it where it just feels gray. Like what's the difference between self-care and a really unhealthy coping mechanism? Right. I think you've really demonstrated this as in some season of storms that we're going through in recent days, you've kind of made a decision to prioritize your health Mm -hmm. and you haven't been like a fanatic about it, No, but you've been consistent. And it really, I think unknowingly there's been times in our marriage where I've made you feel guilty for prioritizing yourself or putting yourself, you know, ahead of something that we had going on. Um, and I, so I've tried to learn from that and, and like cheer you on, but you've made some decisions to organize your schedule, to organize, uh, the rhythm of your life around some, some things that are helping you be the healthiest version of you. And rather than feeling, well, that's really selfish. No, it's actually selfless because the best, if we get the best version of you, or if you get the best version of me, that's actually better for our marriage. That's better for our family. Right. Then you deprioritizing yourself. I don't know if that's a word or not, <laughs> but but you not making yourself a priority, and then you're constantly strung out. You're constantly overwhelmed by the storms rather than being able to stand up under the storms. Absolutely. So what what was like the what what was like the defining moment, or how did you decide like this is something I need to do? That's what I love about this podcast because it just gets real, and the reality <laughs> is. I was already doing self-care in the form of self-medication. Mm-hmm. Like I was binge watching a TV show for like a whole day, or I was like looking for scraps to just kind of find rest. But what I was doing is I was practicing an unhealthy rhythm. So there's not, I mean, everybody deserves a good binge day, but like, that became an unhealthy practice. And so I just decided that I needed to figure out what brings me life that it brings life in a healthy way to both, not just to me, but to um, my life holistically. And so I found something I love and I, I, when I, when I go and it's called Zumba, I love it so much. We're going to play some Hispanic music and Trisha's going to dance for us. It's absolutely true. Um, and I, you know, started lifting weights, just things that I feel physically better. And you know what? I've, I've seen people who have trained for marathons or whatever, and it became so overwhelming that what started out as a good thing became a really hard thing. Mm. So this isn't about so much me doing Zumba, which I do love. It's about a healthy practice and a healthy practice for me was doing something that physically got me moving, that brought a physical health that also played into my mental health. And so I think when people say spending time with God, you know, it's like, what does that mean? Well, you got to figure out it's that discipline of of leaning in. And that's why I call it finding shelter. Like you find shelter in friends and you find shelter in taking care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. And let's just be honest, Justin, you and I have got this really wrong for a long time. We would go hard, 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 hard. And then we would melt down and then we would melt down to get to the point of borderline breakdown. Mm -hmm. And we realized that this is not fun living. And because we lived that way, when storms came, our boat 
it, it tipped over very easily. And now I think after 27 years of marriage, us choosing the discipline of leaning in, man, we, our, our boat is rock solid. Like, I don't think I would take it on the ocean with you yet, but <laughs> it, it is it's a not going to blow up and go into flames and <laughs> like the boat we did see. Um, I think that that is so good. And I think, you know, for, for me, my rhythm and how I am finding health looks different than you. Like I get up at six in the morning and I spend That's time crazy. All of I, you morning I, people out there. But I spend time with God mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. It's kind of my rhythm and, that's something that that would not bring you life. That's not that that's not, not sh- that's not shelter life. for you. And what I love about it is you don't shame me for it. I'm you shaming know? you publicly right now. And I'm just trying. <laughs> I think that, that's the beauty of marriage. Is like I love that for you, and I think you secretly love that I don't like mornings because you get that area all you get yeah. the house to yourself. Yeah, it's quiet. quiet. Yeah, I've got I'm two cups of coffee in before you ever get out of bed. <laughs> That, that's, that's really good. And I, so, I, th- I mean, I think maybe for those of you that are listening that are in a storm right now, like how can you find shelter? How can you find your people? How can you find something that's going to give you rest? And that's, uh, that's some good stuff, babe. I really appreciate you sharing that. What, uh, what would you have any closing thoughts to offer up of, I mean, I think par- what I've shared, you and I share in a mutual way, for sure. It's not just one-sided. Yeah. I mean, I think for those of you that are in a storm right now, my encouragement to you would be take heart because the storm is only, only temporary. And I say that with a caveat because the storm can be temporary, but it might be repeated. And, and here's what I mean by that. Um, we've had... Let's. I'll just say uh, we've had financial storms in the past, yeah. And they were they were partly they were created from external circumstances. Our car would break down, mm-hmm. or something. You know, the air conditioning would go out at the house, or there were some external circumstances. But then there were also internal drivers of that storm. We didn't have an emergency fund. We were over leveraged in debt, and we endured storms longer because we psychoanalyzed them, we resented them. We didn't prepare for them. And so if you're in a storm right now, maybe you're in a storm in your marriage or maybe you just lost your job or um, maybe, um, you know, you're in a, in a, you know, a relational storm with an adult child or with a coworker, my encouragement to you is it's temporary. Like it, it will pass. And so you can take encouragement in that. At the same time, if you're in a storm and it's not health related. It may be something relationally. You can look at that storm and say, okay, is am I playing a role in this? Like, is this storm cloud lingering because I have chosen not to change, because I have chosen not to get help, because I've chosen not to invite people into the storm and, and be honest and vulnerable? I think we can control sometimes how long we stay in storms by how much we allow God to transform us in the midst of them. And, and I, I know that I have endured storms longer and I've put the people I love through storms for much longer than they should have had to endure it simply because I didn't acknowledge it or I didn't want to change in the midst of it. And, and the storm that you're in may be a catalyst for God bringing transformation to your heart that you would not find in any other way. And that leads me right to the second point. 
and that would I would say is embrace the storm for what God wants to do through it. And uh, I was I was texting with a friend even this morning, and they were telling me just how they're they're going through a divorce and they're super lonely. And the the person's words to me were, "I feel like damaged goods." Mm. And the divorce is maybe sixty days old, right? So the, the this is very fresh. And I said, you are wounded, but wounded does not mean damaged. And wounds develop scabs and scabs develop scars and the scars are there to point to the healing. And I just said to this person, I said, you know what? I said, God has so many great things in store for you through this situation and through this storm. And I'm going to read to you a direct quote that maybe some of you are feeling. He said, I need God to chill out with the growth, if I'm being honest. <laughs> hey, listen, that is exactly what I was thinking. Like, I told Justin, oh, when people say that, I'm like, oh, I just, I, I just, it, that's a hard statement. But I love, I love, I loved his honesty. He's like, yeah. I, I need God to chill out with the growth. <laughs> and, and I, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, as I look at people in scripture, like no one, including Jesus, had a pain-free life. Like Moses spent time, he was on the run as a fugitive for a choice that he made, right? Like he went through a storm because of his choice. Joseph did everything right and still spent seven years in, a, in an Egyptian prison. You know, Jacob was a deceiver and that deception broke his relationship with his brother and he ran for his life for 20 years. You know, David made all kinds of wise choices and King Saul still wanted to kill him. Then he made a destructive choice that he he had to weather the storm of adultery and and you know becoming a man after God's own heart. Jesus himself lived a perfect life and then endured the, the you know the storm of the cross to take on our sin. And so I think if we're looking to escape storms, we're going to miss all that God has for us and for our character and for the relational depth that he longs to go into with us as we try to escape the storm, I would say embrace it. You know, the, that, there's an old adage, the quickest way through a storm is to run into it, not away from it. Mm-hmm. And, and you get through it quicker by running into it. And so if you're, if you're in the middle of a storm, I, I said this to the person I was texting with this morning going through the divorce, like embrace it. That it is, a, it sucks. And it, nobody, nobody would want to go through a divorce but at the same time, you can be a different person and you can be a transformed person on the other side of it. And that, and that's, that's our encouragement to you today is you, you do have that choice. You do not have to choose to wither, but you can choose to grow. And now 17 years later from an event that changed our lives, obviously it was still a painful event, but the scales have tipped with 17 years of a life lived well, of leaning into these principles. And man, are storms still coming? Yeah. I mean, I'm like you. I'm just kind of, or if you're like me, I'm like, just take me to where can I live where there is no weather except for sunshine and 80 <laughs> degree weather? But that's not reality. Right. And so I think what has changed forever for us is we don't live with the authority of the storm or of the storm having authority in our life, 
we have learned to live allowing God to have the authority in our life that even on our worst days, our life is not defined by our storms. Right. And we get to live whole and healed storm after storm. And what happens in that is when you have a community that you can trust, when you choose to lean in to God, um, when you choose to remember that this storm shall pass at some point, mm-hmm. that's where hope is found. Absolutely. That's so good. Well, thanks for joining us for episode four of the Let's Get Real podcast. And maybe you're thinking, that was a little too real for me. Uh, That's okay. Uh, We try to have some fun. And here's what we want to do. We want to close by inviting you to join us. If you are married, join us for a free marriage mentor night. It's going to be on November the 3rd, first Thursday of November. We're going to kick off the month of November just pouring into your marriage. It's a free event. Uh, We'll put the link to register in the show notes, we'll also be posting on some social media. You can always go to our, our website, refineus.org, and sign up for our newsletter and find out more there as well. We're excited that you joined us for this episode of the Let's Get Real podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.